The Federal Chronicles Network presents the Metaphysical Connections News of the Week with Jason Cousineau for July 13th, 2019, and I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. Human history turns out to be far more complicated than we previously thought. Social media somehow helps human beings ruin everything, and of course, the conspiracy theories surrounding the Jeffrey Epstein case. And a special shout out to one of our super fans. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I mean, we're just going to, because the thing is, we're just going to start recording just right away. We're already recording. Uh-oh. The pre-show banter. Can you tell me that now? I'm going to tell you that now. Did you get that thing that I was talking to you about the training hooker? Yeah. Well, did you, you didn't record that? Did no, you? not yet. You can edit that out later. We can edit the part okay. out about you having a hard time getting the tranny hooker to leave the house you know, before I mean, you started recording. came up. What the hell does she think? Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Um, this is, this is sort of really important. This is something for one of our avid listeners, Christine, you can tell your husband that you're right. We were talking about you in that when we were talking about, um, uh, Carol and I were talking about the podcast over dinner and she, and she was saying that, um, her friend Christine listens to the show. And uh-huh. that we have the funniest show on the paranormal and the news of the week. And they were on a road trip. Uh-huh. And the thing and the thing is is that they're Christine and her husband were on a road trip and they's like, Oh my god, I wonder if they were talking about me. Yeah, Christine, we were talking about you <laughs> in a good way. Thank you for being such a, a huge fan of our show. And um, yes, we appreciate all of our fans, even though if we question their sanity. Oh no, we totally question their yeah. sanity. Yeah, absolutely. We it's totally question that. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is that we would not be who we would not be who we are and where we were are if it wasn't for our fans. It's that it's true. that simple. And Chris, very true. Very and, true. And Christine is a great fan, and we appreciate her and her husband, and we appreciate certainly do. And we appreciate so many people who um download our podcasts and they binge listen while they're on road trips which i am actually going to be doing in just a few just a couple days a couple days i'm gonna be going on a road trip myself i'm not going to be binge listening to myself because that's a little narcissistic how many s's are there in that word Uh, enough Um, enough yeah all of them yeah all the all the syllables are in the word yeah so I just wanted to, I, that's one of the right. things that I wanted to start the show with was just a shout out to Christine and um, thank you so much. Um, yes, thanks for listening. Yeah. So, and I was, um, I was out and about in, in uh, the college town north of us and um, I was, I was at a Panera and somebody had said, are you Eric Fisk? Are you the one who does that podcast? And I'm smiling. I says, yeah, I, I am. And she handed me this piece of paper and a pen. And she says, do you think you can get Jason Cousineau's autograph for me? <laughs> oh, that's bullshit. Come on. <laughs> get your own damn autograph. <laughs> So we so the thing is we have so much to talk about we just don't we don't know where to begin. <laughs> where do we begin? Do we I know do we do we talk about the 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 people strapping their heads in China back 12,000 years ago? Let, do we talk about Let's start with um, that. 
Because you, all right, you, we'll, we'll start with that. You brought it now, up. Yeah, the the thing that fascinates me about this is, like, in the article you sent me, right? They talk about how it's not just Europeans and Central Asians that strap their heads. Well, yeah, no, they found ancient skulls in Central and South America that did that too. So feel free to ignore us. It's okay. We're used to it. Yeah. The 10,000. Yeah, go ahead. The thing that fascinates me about all of this is why? You stole my question or you stole my point. Why? Either that or, you know, demented minds off in a line. Exactly. Why do this? Why bind your heads to make them more pointy or elongated? Why why do that? And that's, why and that's wh- the thing that kind of freaks me out. Why was this a fashion trend or whatever? I don't even know what to call it. Why, why was this body modification so popular all over the world at various times in human history? And well, that the, the thing about this is that it's not like like we think of body modifications today. We think about plastic surgery, sure. you know, people that get implants in their under their skin to give their face a certain you know look to it, or right. you know rhinoplasty where they're scraping their the nose down or the cartilage or whatever, or, you know, injecting shit into their boobs to have big boobs. Silicone. This is silicone. Let's make sure it's not shit. Silicone. It's silicone. Uh, well, let's make that absolutely oh, perfectly is clear. It toxic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> The the thing that thing about this is this is something your that someone's parents did to them right because this can only be done by strapping a, uh, an infant's head as right. they're growing and that's how this happens it's not like you can be like twenty three years old and say oh I want to look like a conehead from a nineteen seventies late night comedy show exactly you know. This is something that can only be done during infancy and has to be done and maintained for years in order to attain the right skull. Exactly. And what I also find interesting about it is that if you look at the the skull of someone who has had their, their skull, I don't know, cone-headed, right. strapped, whatever, uh, yep. there's actually more surface area of bone in those than there are in normal human skulls. So right. they're actually causing a a fracture to happen or separating the sutures of the skull and then the skull by nature being bones and the way our bodies work right wants to wants to close those sutures so it's actually creating more and more bone material they actually have um surgeries that they can do on uh certain forms of dwarfism where they can lengthen the long bones of a dwarf by basically they break it they put in these metal brackets and then they they slowly expand the brackets and it's something that they watch as the bones kind of grow to match each other. Yeah. And this is the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's freaking hell though, man. It, Can you imagine meeting someone on the street today with an elongated skull like that? I it, It's no weirder than other things that I see in uh, on the streets in various cities, you know, in the um, northeast. It is in that we we're not used to seeing it. Right. That would be very unusual. And I would like to ask, what is the purpose of that? Other than, is it cosmetic? Do they do it to increase the brain size? There has to be well, a reason. Are, do, are, do they think, are they doing this because 
it's an image of beauty that they're trying to attain. Like um, the Chinese used to practice foot binding, which is just a horrific right. form of body modification because yep. some emperor liked small feet. So women would break the the bones of their children's feet, their daughter's feet, yeah. and then bind them so they wouldn't be so big because this one emperor thought that small feet were, were sexy, which yeah. is, you know, kind of an, a weird sort of fetish offshoot of the foot fetish yeah. thing, but whatever. So most of our body modifications are not because it's cosmetically pleasing, like especially today, right? You know, the, like, well, some of it is like the, the breast enhancements, people get implants because it's, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have a silicone bag in my, on my biceps instead of actually going to the gym, working and out. Right. I just want to look like I work out, you know, which they don't, they just look stupid. But, you know, some of our body modifications are because of aesthetic reasons. Others are almost like a, a counterculture sort of thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, like um, some of these extreme people that are, I watched a documentary on this, these people who like, there's this guy in, I want to say Minnesota, who's had modifications made to his face. So he looks like a cat. He's had right inserts. He's got actual whiskers. There's a lot of people are, who do this. There have not a lot, but there are more than a few people who have done this. Go on. Right. So I'm wondering if this is if this more like that or is this more of a cosmetic thing? Is it an effort? Hey, I know, you know, I come from a dumb family, so I'm going to try and make my kid my kid's brain bigger. Is that what it is? That might be it. That that yeah, might that knows? might be it. But the thing is, this is a trend that reoccurred all over the planet or in certain places all over the planet. Um, well, that's the thing that's really kind of weird about it is that it is all over the fucking planet. If the, know, I think if, the only if, place we haven't found it is Africa, if I remember correctly. Not yet. Well, like not Southern yet. Africa. Yeah. Not yet. Well, so the it's, political the political structure in Africa is not really commendable to hey, we're going to dig shit up to find out what's there. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? I mean. Like I said, I mean, who knows if it ever happened in Africa? Um, but the thing it is... It could very well have. I mean, we don't know. It's one of those questions that you just keep asking over and over and over again. Um, yeah. That uh, and, and by the way, and um, Graham Hancock, who's somebody that I follow on Facebook and Twitter, posted mm -hmm. a link to a similar story. Um, Art's... Aris Technicia, well, I'm not sure how, I'm probably mispronouncing this. I have a great way of butchering names. Humans may have reached Europe by 210,000 years ago. Um, so the thing is, is that human occupation in Europe occurred apparently far earlier than, than we had expected. Um, and Graham Hancock had a great little <laughs> blurb about this and one of the things he, he, he and he said that things just seem to just keep getting older and older and just when we think that we know the timeline of human history we find something that pushes things back even further now this is there's there's two things at play here right one how reliable is the carbon dating right now i know i've seen i've seen things with graham hancock in him where he talks about how carbon dating is sometimes applied by proxy. So, yeah. in other words, 
they find some stonework and they can't use carbon dating on stone. It has to be an organic material. And so they find wood tools by the stonework and they, because they carbon dated those tools, they believe that that's how old that carved stone is. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, depending on how they do the ra- radiocarbon dating, sometimes some forms of radiocarbon dating are not as accurate as others, and you can have microscopic contaminants within it yep. that may throw off the dating. So is that what we're seeing, or is it actual actually getting older? You know, I mean, the truth is, is we don't really know. There's There's actually theories out there that say it is geologically possible that like you know remember the the giant um the giant continent the supercontinent pangea pangea right yep it is geologically possible that the earth could have hemorrhaged at some point and split up that continent in a period of like 4 or 5 years rather than hundreds of thousands of years yes as we're taught it is geographically possible or geologically possible i should say so not a lot of people are saying that they agree with that, but they have found that there are rare instances of points in history where geology has not behaved the way we think it should behave. Right. Where there's been some really catastrophic, catastrophic events that have occurred in much, much smaller time frames than what we, than what we typically believe. I'm trying to get back to that. And I just sent you a, a yet another article um, yeah, that, that, that Graham Hancock had talked about. But the but the thing is 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 that, and this this is a constant theme that's going on. And we're, and this is this is going to touch upon something that I also wanted to talk about on the show. Whereas archaeology has its own certain dogma is archaeologists in mainstream academia they know what they know what they know even if it's wrong they know that people did this and people did this and this at this timetable and people have written doctoral degrees to prove the paradigm is correct somebody will come up with a a, a theory or a finding that throws a lot of this back and people are all, are like all in a tizzy saying, no, no, that, that, that can't be right because of what the textbooks say that were written in 1936. This contradicts our dogma. We, 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 we can't shake it. We can't, this is, this is what we know. I, I mean, and I've even got into heated arguments on certain forums, on, on certain groups talking about ancient civilizations and there's one group in particular that talks about a um, the most famous fictional archaeologist of all time, and and I and I had posted a link to the review that I wrote for uh, Philip Copen's ancient ancient civilization enigma, and he lays out a case, and we've talked about this before, that human civilization hundreds of thousands of years ago was far more advanced than we could possibly imagine. And like what we had talked about two episodes ago or one episode ago, obviously 
technology was far more advanced than we could possibly imagine because of these artifacts that defy explanation. How were um, the pyramids built? A lot of people want to say it's aliens. And I say, okay, that that's a possibility, but let's look at the other thing. Let's look at the other possibility. They had access to technology that has been lost and forgotten. And whoever built those pyramids and whoever created this vast network of pyramids and structures that defy explanation decimated themselves or there was a horrible global catastrophic incident that wiped out civilization here on earth and literally sent us back to the stone ages well i mean to kind of to build on that there are certain things that we associate with higher technology right right we assume that if people are capable of a higher technology then they also are more or will tend to be more peaceful they'll tend to be more socially agreeable yeah. for lack of a better term um we kind of make those assumptions but there's nothing to say that just because you've you know you have this access to this advanced technology you're capable of making things out of stone that we can't even do today with lasers right just because they can do that doesn't mean they weren't also savages i mean we have savages in our in our freaking government today yeah right? savagery is is a state of mind you know right um so i find it somewhat interesting or fascinating that we make these assumptions well you know they the they couldn't possibly have have done it you know we they couldn't possibly have had an advanced technology because look they were only using these tools well right. were they or have we just not found the real tools they were using right you know and of course because this is the way my mind goes i like to think that these people were capable of these these different things and it doesn't necessarily have to be alien influence it doesn't have to be something extraterrestrial right they could be a lost science or understanding that we just don't have anymore exactly you know um we could you could call it magic because magic is just a form of technology that we don't understand how it works you might right? as well call it magic you might, might as, as well. well right it's because a science we, we don't understand it, it then it's magic right that's all that's all you need to know is that they had some magical technology and i use that in sarcasm quotes magical technology that we we've lost we've forgotten and we've gone down this other paradigm our paradigm is wrapped around the combustion engine and we have well not just the combustion engine i mean it it's the combustion engine we know how that works because of other things that we've built on top of um, everyone forgets that our understanding of the world really goes back to our understanding of chemicals, right? Right. Because that's what led to how we understood molecules to interact, how we understand the periodic table, how we understand everything like that all kind of goes back to basically if I mix substance A, substance B, substance C together, add heat, it does this. And I can do that all the time. The yeah. original way of studying that is something we call alchemy. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, they did some things. Alchemists in back in the day used to are used to do things to test things that we don't consider safe, like 
oh, look, there's this chemical that's eating through this stone. I'm going to see what it tastes like. You know, maybe <laughs> not the smartest way of going about that. Not smart. Um, <laughs> exactly. Gee, that smells that smells acrid and gross. I'm going to taste it. Uh, I'm put yeah. my finger in it. <laughs> go By all means, you go on ahead. I'll stand way over here. <laughs> right. But I, I'm just... I'm just gonna get a a, a, a strip of, of cloth to gag you while you're screaming because you're an idiot. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but and I sent you the link to this. Whereas this kid, this young man, the student Andy Go, um, is shown on Twitter taking a beating by Antifa because he has oh, some views yeah. that irritate and agitate the people who claim to be anti-fascist and you think to yourself, well, but, but wait a minute, we're, we have all this technology. We're civilized people. You can get on an airplane and you can be on the other side of the globe in less than 48 hours. We, we have the cell phone. We have, we have desktop computing and, and, and we can do graphic design and, and all kinds of music and art on our computers. We should be more civilized and, and, Maybe the technology. And yet we're not. And yet we're not. Yeah. Just because they could build these pyramids with this technology that um, we don't, we've lost, and we don't, we don't know how they did that. Doesn't mean that they were better people. They were still human beings, probably. Right. That doesn't right. mean anything. Well, that's like, well, that's like the um, the monoliths that they find in these obscure places where they've got these huge stone pillars that they've carved out of rock yeah. that are just beautifully even after thousands of years they have completely like laser perfect corners on them but this obelisk is hundreds and hundreds of tons we can't lift that obelisk today with our technology yeah clearly they were expecting to be able to do it they were ready for it then some shit happened and they stopped doing it you know Right. You know, I don't know if it's like an ADD kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to be carving on this. I'm carving on this for this like 20 years. Oh, look, ooh, shiny. I'm going to do something else. I don't know if it's something like that or if it's something that happened, you know, like a war or, you know, my grandmother's sick, whatever. But clearly the plan was obvious that they were going to lift that out of there, move it someplace else and stand it up. Right. One of the other examples that I wanted to, you know, talk about was the Barbarer Caves in India, whereas, mm -hmm. and these were made allegedly um, 322 years or 185 years before Christ. And you look at these, and it's like they look like they were carved out of um, the stone with laser tools or something. I mean, just the precision in which that they were made defies explanation. I don't think we could make these car these caves as precise as these people did. And, right. And, and the thing that I find fascinating about this is, like, you look at the entrance to, if you do a Barabar Cave um, search on Google, do Barabar Cave India and do an image search, there's this, like, almost rounded cliff face yeah and then there's this perfectly carved entrance to it i mean that's some that's damn artistry there 
Right. Someone, you know, they've got like an archway and there's a bunch of elephants carved into the archway and it looks it looks very elegant. You don't wake up one morning and say, huh, I'm going to carve a cave. Yeah, I'm going to carve an entrance to a cave and do that. No, this is someone who's done this quite a bit. Yeah. There's a level of skill and talent involved in this. It's a beautiful archway. How the fuck they do it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> How the hell did they do that? And and, well, and I, I could do shit like that. And and, cool and I that. and I will say it. I will say it a hundred times over again. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily believe that it was aliens. You know, I don't either. I I really don't. Um, I'm at the point. I, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm at the point after reading so much of what Graham Hancock and Philip Copens and some of the other breadcrumbs that I followed from things that Scotty Roberts has posted on on his podcast, um, I am now under the impression that what we're what we're seeing is not alien. It's an ancient human civilization that defies explanation from the view from our paradigm. Right. It could be aliens. If well, it's the, if it's <laughs> if it's aliens, Jay, that's actually mm-hmm. more soothing or more oh, there are aliens and and maybe they'll come back and help us, Jay. Or that that's sort of like um that's comforting almost. If it's yeah. us, that's freaking terrifying because we were able to do that and then somehow something happened. We either decimated each other and ourselves or there was a cosmic event like Graham Hancock says that it was a meteor shower and, it, and, and, a, and a, a giant comet fragment landed somewhere, probably, maybe in Greenland. That's one of the locations where it may have happened. It may have happened mm-hmm. in more than one location all at once and decimated human civilization. And we lost all of that technology and we went back to the Stone Age. Right. And again, the example that I like to draw with this is when we lost the Library of Alexandria. Yeah. We, that set us back a thousand years in technology. It's funny how so I was thinking that. What's that? It's funny how I was just thinking about the, the, uh, the library at Alexandria. Or, or yeah. Alexandria. And the, the truth is, if that, that is a known event, we know that happened, right? We know that set us back. We at least have a good idea of the impact of losing that one site was. Why is it so hard to think that? it's possible to have happened previously to that. There's no reason to think that that's the only time in human history that that's happened. I mean, you look at, you've got these extremists, these religious extremists who are like, we need to destroy the pyramids and the Sphinx and blow them up because they're not glorifying our God. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. In this quote unquote enlightened age, we have people like that in the world. Right. Right. And what I find funny about that is, is, we have people that say that those are the people who brought us out of the dark ages because they invented the concept of zero. Well, then clearly they haven't done shit since then. With no. it. So doesn't mean they're not savages. Hey, they invented the concept of zero. Well, they didn't. It was in use in several different other areas of the world previously to them, but whatever. If you want to give them credit for that, why the hell are they acting like stupid savages now? You exactly. Know? Um, but, what I find insulting about the con- about people saying, "Oh, it had to have been aliens. Humans couldn't have done this." Are they 
I think they're underestimating the capacity of the human imagination. Look at what we, the stories that we've created using just our imaginations. You can look at Lord of the Rings 2001. You can look at Dune as examples of things that we can create using just our imagination. And yes, and a lot of that you're building on previous myths, previously existing storylines and and tropes and all of that stuff. You're building on that. But all of those tropes were just someone else's imagination that created it. Right. Right? Why is it so hard to think that humans could have done this and then some sort of event happened like the burning of Alexandria or the, you know, the, the destruction of um, the libraries in Rome. There, there's tales of, if you've ever read Umberto Eco, um, they actually made a, a movie out of the book called The Name of the Rose. Right. There were these ancient mon- monasteries that had tomes and tomes of knowledge. They had scrolls, they had books, they had tablets of stone and steel that had all of this ancient knowledge on them. And then those monasteries were destroyed, either by fire or they collapsed or whatever. How much knowledge have we lost that had we known about it previously, we would have been able to go further than we are now? Damn it, I could have my Jetsons floating car right now if it wasn't for those bastards in the Dark Ages. I want my flying fucking car. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, but I think it's just... I think it's insulting and a bit of a cop out to to say that oh it had to be aliens, you know. And also part of it I think dates back to something to, or goes back to something that um Nelson Mandela said. He said that our greatest fear is not that we are powerless, it's that we are powerful because then it is our responsibility to act. And that's terrifying. So I think people, that's terrifying. It, well, and that's exactly it. If if we if we re- fully realize our potentials, which who knows what the hell that means. I mean, we don't even know what that means. What does that mean to realize your potential? But if we were to, if we were to realize that all of this stuff was actually done by humans in the past and that we've lost that technology, then what does that say about us as a people? It's not good. And I, don't think, I think that's something a lot of these folks are just unwilling to confront about ourselves. I mean, there's... You look at like some of the temples that they find, like Angkor Wat, in the in that area. Just beautiful stone carvings that we're not capable of today with our modern technology. What does that mean for us? And what does we, it mean to us? What does that mean? What does that say about us? It's not good. I I don't I don't I don't think it says anything good about us because the thing is is that we have a tendency to destroy or vilify something that we don't understand. Looking at our own modern culture, we vilify people who do not fit in and who don't go along with, I don't want to use the word paradigm because I've said that too much in this, in this one podcast. Like nonconformists, we like to beat up on people who are nonconformists and people who don't fit in. People who Yeah, you know, like Copernicus. Yeah, you know. And, you know, Da Vinci. Think about all the kids that were bullied when you were growing up, especially if you were one of them, because you didn't fit the mold of what an 80s kid should be. You know, and it's like, um, 
and we talked about this on on the Fedora Chronicles group page on Facebook about how the, there's there's a there's a young man who has the time and the money to dress up like it's still the 1800s. And somebody had to crap on him and say, oh, you, you know, the people who dressed like that back then were all slave owners or they got rich off the backs of poor laborers. You need to get woke. Right. And this is the other thing um, that kind of ticks me off about that. You know what? Maybe they maybe they were rich because of slavery, but they also filled in a lot of the blackened areas of the of the globe. Yeah, the, they they were the ones that that colored in the map. Yeah, they were the ones who scaled um, uh, Mount Everest. They were the ones who explored the the Amazon. Does that mean they were perfect? Oh, fuck no, it doesn't mean they're perfect. No. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about that a little later on in the podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, because in our society, we're sure as hell not fucking perfect. I mean, hell, look at the, the orange orangutan sitting in the White House, for fuck's sake. And he's no better than other world leaders. He's no worse than other world leaders either. Yeah. We just have you a know? press that likes to beat up on him. That's... Well, that's uh, among other things, yeah. yeah. But the 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 truth of the matter is, is people who are attracted to that kind of power have a certain type of personality. People who seek out that power are going to want to do something, and or not just something, but some things. They're going to want to do, to participate in activities that are outside of what is the accepted norm. Because they think that proves that they are above the rest of society, that they are somehow um, separated from the from the rest of society. Yeah, people who do things like that, like and I know we're gonna, I know we're gonna talk about Epstein, but people like him and his friends and the people who participate in these events with him, these are people who envision themselves as being like Galileo and Michelangelo. These are people who are outside of the normal strata of society yeah. and they want to prove to themselves they don't care if other people know that they can do things that the rest of society shuns away or shies away right. from or shuns because hey those rules don't apply to me i'm not like you rubes so that's terrifying I'm, and but it's but it's it's absolutely totally true one of the things that i wanted to um discuss about this and I'm, I'm 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 scrambling to try and find i got i'm like i'm scrolling at the bottom of this page to get to all the available episodes um because there's something that here we go um one of the things that fits into what we're talking about eric weinstein talked about this on the joe rogan experience uh episode number 1320 and Eric Weinstein was talking about how when he was a graduate student and he came up with this hypothesis and this theorem, which earned him begrudgingly his, his doctorate in, as, a, as a mathematician. And um, they had a doctoral review that he was excluded from behind closed doors because his ideas, was it's, it's a different paradigm looking at what's going on in the world of of numbers and, and in a field of study i have no way of understanding i can't i can't follow it 
Um, but he tells the story about how there were many people who shunned what he was trying to do and what he was trying to say through numbers and graphs and charts and three-dimensional or fourth-dimensional thinking, or maybe even seven-dimensional thinking, if you can, if you can <laughs> get around that. And, and in a segment that I, I sent to you where he talks about it's time for him to leave the planet, meaning that academia is dead. Academia, if it's not dead, it's stifled. It's stagnant. And there are all these thoughts and ideas on how to move human technology forward in a way that that's beyond the paradigm that we have right now. And the, th the theory and the thesis that he has now, um, everything's all written down on paper. He has everything all figured out. And he's afraid to publish this paper because of it being quote weaponized. I don't know what he means by being weaponized. He, he probably means now I haven't finished watching this segment, but I, from the tone of the segment that I've seen so far, I think when he says weaponized, he means used as a tool to take him down because he's directly opposing much like Graham Hancock. He's opposing academia yeah. and the scientific malaise that they're in of not willing to at least investigate new ideas and new concepts that are being introduced by these people exactly now graham hancock to some extent is isolated from that because he's a reporter right he is not an academic he is a reporter but weinstein is an academic right. he has the credentials he is more dangerous to academia as a result of that. It's one thing to have some drug-addled reporter like Graham Hancock saying all of these things because then academia just goes, what does he know? He's never studied. He's just he's just repeating weird shit that people tell him when they're high. Right. And, you know, but when you have someone like Weinstein who is studied, is learned, is recognized as being not just a peer but – one of the higher-ups, one of the people that has a higher understanding of things, if he comes out with shit like that, no, that's we that's can't, too We dangerous. can't have that. We can't, we can't have that. And here's a, uh, here's a fine example. Talking about the iPhone, uh -huh. all right? The original iPhone came out, and it was revolutionary. The iPhone, just the plain iPhone, not the iPhone 2. The original mm -hmm. iPhone was revolutionary. It sort it it sort of changed the way that we live in, in a in a very in yeah, ways um, in ways we don't think we even understand yet. Well, yes and no. Um, I'm going to make one caveat. You make there. your caveat. You might be making my point before I do. Go ahead. <laughs> Apple didn't invent the iPhone. Okay. Microsoft had a had a. Microsoft had a smartphone years before the iPhone came out. Okay. But Microsoft being Microsoft doesn't know how to market shit. Okay. Everyone gives Steve Jobs credit as being a technological innovator when the truth is he was not. 
he was a hell of a salesman. Right. Then let's. He was not a technologist. Then instead of so so instead of it's one so minor to, caveat. Okay. There, so but, let's okay. The smartphone, the smartphone, right, has revolutionized life in ways we don't even, we we haven't even begun to really understand how it has revolutionized life for good and bad. Like the smartphone, the maps program. Mm-hmm. the the maps app on your smartphone mm. okay i mean fewer people are getting lost now you can get what? in your car and you can no, go somewhere and the that you've never been before that you've never been before and your cell phone will get but it's at the but at the same time you're sort of like forgetting how to get to point a to point b like you must you now you have to use your our, our navigational skills has been compromised is and that 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 mental muscle has been weakened because of the maps program and and we we use it too often to get to common places um i don't think that i could drive to my mother's house without it you know <laughs> not that i would <laughs> well, ever i'm be. i'm about to drive i'm seriously saturday morning around 6 a.m i'm going to be leaving my house and i'm going to be driving over 2,300 miles to go to my parents' house. I can do that without once looking at a map, without looking at GPS. I don't need to it's have because you're an outlier. tell me how to get there. You're an outlier. It, and that's, that's kind of my point, though, is that there's no reason why everyone can't do that. In fact, my daughter is learning how to drive, and I'm, and I talk all of my kids this when they're when they're driving and they're on the road the road tells you where you are the road tells you how to get places you just have to pay attention and see what's going on right but those are skills that i was taught by my father who was a truck driver he was you know when the interstate highway system and this is something we forget the interstate highway system did not exist until the 60s right and there's a logic to how the interstate highway system is set up. Whether you like that logic or not is irrelevant. There is a logic to it. There's a component to it that actually makes sense. If you know what you're doing and what you're looking for, right? And the fact is, is the majority of people do not because we've, we've gotten hold of that technology. And it's great, but we're not, we're not using it to better ourselves. We're using it to make things easier for ourselves. And there's a marked difference between the two of them right it's easier to find your echo chamber right like for example um in information technology one of the things that we we bitch about a lot is infosec right infosec tells you that you have you shouldn't use the same password for more than one account it tells you that you shouldn't write down any of those passwords it shouldn't tell you that those passwords should not be sequential in other words if your password is password one your second password on device two shouldn't be password two, right? It should be this random, the most secure passwords are supposed to be two words that you know separated by a number and a special character, right? So like if 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 you want to have a password like, oh, I don't know, Fedora, uh, Fedora ex- Exploration, right? Right. You could, a, a secure password would be Fedora with a capital F with a special character in front of it and then a number and then the word explore. Right. That would be a secure password. 
Now, ironically, those passwords are harder to crack than some of the randomly generated ones. Some of them. It depends on the right. algorithm that's being right. used. But some of the random... How the hell are we supposed to memorize all that shit? The, the, ra the random ones, you'll never... I will never be able to remember all of those. And that's exactly it. So what they do is they now have a repository. There's several different products out there that it's a password location. And all you need to know is one password so that you can get into that to find out all of the other passwords. How the hell is that secure? It's not. And now all someone needs one password so they can get all of my passwords? How the hell is that more secure? You know? But here's the How thing. is that any different than using the same password on all of your logins? Oh, my God. I it really know. isn't. Because all they do is have to get into that one location. And, you're and this screwed. is the other thing. All of those products have some sort of variation on password lock or password safe or yeah. something like yeah. that that indicates what it is that they do because marketing. So how is that any more secure? It's It's not. It's actually it's actually less secure. It's less secure. Um, and by the way, thanks for telling everybody my password, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just got to change it. I mean, come on, it's only going to take you seven hours. Exactly. But, but, but I mean, but here's I'll be out the there Thursday. I can help you. But I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> thanks to thanks to social media, thanks to Facebook, and Twitter, Instagram. Um, I've been able to connect with people, like-minded people, fellow diesel punks, as it were, mm -hmm. people who are passionate about the paranormal and the unexplained. Um, my hatter, um, Andrea Tog Tognarelli in Italy. I would not have been able to find him without the internet. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that I have, you know, a hat my father gave me 10 years ago, which he bought at a hat store that had been sitting on a shelf, you know, in, in a warehouse for at least maybe 10 years, maybe. So it's a 20, technically it's a 20 year old hat. I sent it off to him to be reblocked and rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Thanks to computer technology. Picture, he looks like he did a fantastic job. I mean, seriously. With the exception of the stains that he were not, he was not able to get out because of. I mean, I wore it. I wore the shit out of it when I was doing yard work and whatever. That's my go-to hat when I need to go out and do something nasty or dirty or, or whatever. When Jay can't get rid of his tranny hookers and I got to get the shovel. Um, <laughs> You know, that's the hat I wear. You wouldn't talk about that in public. <laughs> but the pro but the problem is, is is that I would not have been able to find this guy, who was able to turn this hat around. And there are other people out there. There are people who who rebuild muscle cars. There's somebody right. out there, and I'll, and I'll post a picture of this. Whereas this guy had an uh, a nineteen 30s Oldsmobile and he had it rebuilt with modern technology he let me look at it for a couple of minutes before and he let me take a picture of it um it looks like a damn spaceship this thing is the epitome of diesel punk and how was he able to get in touch with the three the guy who does the the metal 3D printing and laser cutting how was he able to get all the parts that he needed how was he able to get in touch with the guy who did the upholstery that was th that he was able to um 
redo in, in the in car's interior. The internet, Facebook, other social, other websites, Google, all of that he was able to do for the most part online. And yet we use the same technology to find our echo chambers, to hook up with our favorite hate groups, and we join a group and beat the fuck out of and, right, they're and, not hate groups because we agree with them. Right, and beat the fuck out of this kid in Seattle because he has a different thought process than we do. Yeah, that's and the, and no fucking wonder people like Eric Weinstein say we are on the cusp of another catastrophe that'll wipe out civilization. Oh, we are, and the thing is, is that. We have no one to blame but ourselves. No. It's not the technology that is the problem. It is how we are choosing to use that technology. Splitting the atom is a great resource for energy. It really is. Right. But what did we do with it? The first thing we did with it once we learned to harness the atom, we blew the fuck out of a bunch of people. Twice. You know, we committed, found a new way to commit murder on a mass scale. Yeah, we called it war, but it's let's face it, that's all really it is right yeah that's an uncomfortable truth but it is still a truth when we go into war we are committing mass murder um which is why war should be the last resort and yet you know whatever and another um, and another thing this this guy eric weinstein had said in this podcast that i think that a lot of people should listen to what's going to happen when we stop making fission bombs and start making fusion bombs Right. What's going to happen and, when you can unleash the 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 heat that is a hundred or a thousand times hotter than the sun in a city instantly, where you release yeah. more energy than when you split the atom? And there so is you no, heard of, you remember Chernobyl, right? Of, uh, how can I forget it? As a matter of fact, I'm writing the review for the book Midnight at Chernobyl. Okay. So in Chernobyl, one of the things they found after, well, kind of things had started to die down is they found something called the elephant's foot. Yes. Right? And that is basically it's molten uranium. It's like uranium lava that is seeping up out of uh, one of the chambers of one of the reactors. And this, they have this great famous picture of it, and it kind of looks like an elephant's foot, which is why they call it that, because humans have such great imaginations. Yeah. And the guy who took that picture died of radiation poisoning within 24 hours of taking the picture. Nowadays, you can go into that room and you can be in there. And he was in there for a matter of like 10 seconds, by the way. Yeah. Now you can go into that room and you can be there for almost four hours before you die of radiation poisoning. That was Chernobyl. Yeah. That took place in what, 1980, was it three? When, when did that happen? 86, I believe. Okay, 1986. That is based on a fusion reaction yeah. technology. So his concerns about when we have a fission technology, I think pretty well founded because that sort of radiation is different. I don't know if it's worse. I don't know if it's better, but... I do know that the the radiation is different when it's fusion rather than fission. By the right? way, I, I do have to interject here really quickly, not mm -hmm. to contradict you. 
It says here that mm -hmm. the structure in the Chernobyl power plant, known as the elephant's foot, this was published back in 2016, it will mm -hmm. kill you in three th 300 seconds. Oh, okay. All right. So let's see, 300 seconds. My math is correct is... No, my math is not correct. It's not even working at all. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's 300 seconds. Let's see, 60, so five minutes. Yeah. It will kill you within less than five minutes still. I'm ashamed I had to think that long to, to come up with 60 divided by... 300 divided by 60 equals five. Appar apparently, it is still so damn toxic and that was 30 some odd years ago we're playing with shit we don't we don't understand no we really are and in in a lot of ways you can say the same thing about psychology yeah we don't understand how the mind works with all of our technology all of the studies that we've done everything that we can measure we still don't understand why the hell we dream we do know the consequences of people who don't dream now understand everyone dreams well, most people dream. Almost yeah. everyone dreams. We can tell when someone's in a dream state. Most people do not remember their dreams, and we don't know why. Some people remember their dreams. Right. I'm one of those people. I am too. Um, some people only dream in audio. Some people only That's dream in, in visuals. Yeah. Some people dream in a combination of both. Yeah. And we don't know why. We don't know what dreams are. We don't know the purpose of dreams. We do know that not having dreams is detrimental to our mental health. And the yeah. point of that, when I say that, what I mean is we need our brains to get into a certain state yeah. when we're sleeping. If we don't get enough time frame in a 24-hour period of our brain in that state, we go fucking nuts. We yeah. go crazy. Um, the guy who set the world's record for going the longest without sleep ended up, he was a, a, a radio DJ and he did it as a promotion and he was, he thought he could, it would be no problem for him because he's a guy who doesn't get a lot of sleep anyway. He, as a result of that, directly attributable to that, he lost his job, he lost his wife, he died penniless as a recluse somewhere and he was very antisocial and no one no one wanted to have anything to do with them. We know that dreaming is important. We have no idea why. So when we go to a psychologist, we go to a therapist, we know it works. Yeah. But only if the person going to that therapy wants it to work. So there is an element of belief and faith involved in going to a therapist. There is also an element of trust. You can go to two different therapists who treat you exactly the same way, and in one case it'll work, in the other case it won't. For reasons we don't even understand. Exactly. So we as humans are constantly playing with shit we don't understand, whether it's our own minds, whether it's nuclear physics. We're trying, the purpose of science is to try and understand it. Yeah. Science, as a famous fictional archaeologist once said, science is about asking how, not why. Right. If you want why, that's philosophy. It's down the hall. In <laughs> Dr. Tyrell's class. Um, <laughs> oh, that's scary. Um, we didn't even get to the biggest news story of the week outside of paranormal. Yeah. And the story broke. And I will tell you, how far back do we want to go as far as um, 
where it, the origins of the story. I'll take you back to 1990, 1994, midterm elections. And I was, if it's, ni- if it's 1994, then I must have been in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And I was at uh, a gathering. And it wasn't until like, oh, crap. Oh, wait a minute. This is a fundraiser for um, a, a, a local candidate. And somebody was making uh, jokes about Bill Clinton liking to have sex with underage hookers, underage Mm -hmm. prostitutes. This is in Kennedy country, of all places. (laughs) And and we all know the Kennedys have never done any off color like that. And 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 I had so what 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 do you what do you mean Bill Clinton likes to have sex with underage prostitutes? And they kind of like rolled their eyes and said, "Don't tell me you haven't heard the rumors." And I'm, and and this is before I went on my great great grand adventure across country, mm-hmm. um, and re and and I and I and I had these conversations with people every once in a while. Um, Bill Clinton likes them young, and there's the whole and this is well, this is this is documented, um, in the. Uh, in the the fictionalized account of Clinton's um, election campaign as president in primary colors, where um, where allegedly he had an illegitimate child with um, a, a, a teenage girl, and it's been kept under wraps. Howie Carr, you get Howie Carr on the topic on on. Uh, WRKO out of Boston. He will not shut up about this. And if the American, it's like if the American people only knew, people like Howie Carr know about Bill Clinton's yeah. fascination, and people are in such denial about Bill Clinton's sexual appetites. They will not. They they have to like shut themselves well, wasn't off. It, wasn't it the hashtag Me Too movement? One of the things that kind of lost its momentum in uh, the popular media, the the mainstream media, yeah. for lack of a better term, even though I don't like that term, um, someone actually wrote an article that said, if we're going to continue going down the path of Me Too, we're going to need to take a serious look at Bill Clinton. Exactly. And it, I mean, as far back as 1994, there were these rumors bouncing back and forth around the Democratic Party back when I called myself a Democrat and mm-hmm. I would go to the these soirees as it were and people would talk, talk about this openly about yeah. how Bill Clinton is a, a sex fiend ha <laughs> um, and yeah. the Republicans have the same exact problem there are famous Republicans who are in high office, who have weird, deviant sexual appetites. Um, And what you do behind closed doors, that's your business until it involves minors or small animals, whatever. It's not my, it's not my business. I don't. And here's the thing. I'm so wrapped up in my own life. I don't care. I don't have the time to care. And, and and of course, a lot of people lately have been coming, have um, bringing up old quotes from Donald Trump that are are creepy. 
besides the Access Hollywood recording uh, where Donald Trump says, and, and if you're easily offended, I'm sorry, where he talks about grabbing women by the pussy. Yeah. Right? And we all know that all of the all of the politicians have weird shit hiding out in their closets. And right. as far back as 2002, people were talking about this Epstein character who used to throw these lavish parties for celebrities and politicians on both sides of the aisle. And both sides of the pond, by the way. On both sides of the pond. Prince Andrew was caught up. I don't know. How far back was it? 2002, 2004? Where he... Uh, I think... First time I heard about it, I think it was 2002. So the thing is, is that... And there have been these reporters who have been saying, there's a story here about Jeffrey Epstein. It's Jeffrey Epstein, isn't it? Yes. There's a story here. And um, this one reporter, and she was working for Vanity Fair, and she... and. There's this weird shit going on with Jeffrey Epstein and apparently a live-in girlfriend, allegedly, or a model that he was trying to groom who was only 14 years at the time. And he uh, he was having sex with her and perhaps maybe passing her around to some of her friends or some of his oh, friends. Yeah. And Vanity Fair killed it because he's a powerful member of the uh, of he's a fun. He's a huge fundraiser. Oh, no, come on. I'm sorry. The fundraising thing, yeah, I, I get that. But it's he's he was largely immune because he had shit on people. If people came out, if certain people prosecuted him, he had information on them that would take them down with him. That is that I firmly believe that is why he hasn't been prosecuted until now. Yeah. And even now, I saw an article the other day saying that, you know, he's he's offering a plea deal where he's going to turn over his little black book of names in exchange for only doing like 20 years. Not 20, excuse me, like six years, five or six years, which I'm, I have a hard time talking about this because I get so emotional about it because this is something that is, the, to me, the most vile thing that someone can do. This is a level of disgust that I have with my fellow man Yeah, that is unrivaled by anything else someone could do. There is nothing worse in my estimation because it is basically it's another form of rape. And that is taking something that is can be so beautiful and bonding and a, a, a lovely experience for everyone involved and turning it into something ugly and disgusting yeah so it's i i have a hard time not getting emotional when i talk about this so i may get a little irrational at some point well, <laughs> isn't so that the point of our podcast is so that we can just <laughs> vent about shit and, and and share it with the rest of the world um, oh hell yeah because uh, here here you go from new the new york times ex vanity fair writer says editor stopped her from exposing Epstein in 2003. The author's name is Vicki Ward, and she's also the author of a book. I will, um, do, do, what's the name of the book? Uh, Kirshner Incorporated, where she does an expose on um, Jared Kirshner and um, 
how he's parlayed his role as being uh, Ivanka Trump's husband and how he's a big player on the global stage. She goes after everybody on both sides of the aisle. And by the way, for you people listening, this is not a partisan issue. This is an, this is an issue about evil. Yes. This is a this is about evil on both sides of the political aisle. Right. This, this is, is not an, something that only Democrats or only Republicans are caught up in. No, this is as I mentioned earlier, people who attain and seek a certain level of power want to engage in behaviors that the rest of society does not simply because they think it proves that they are above everyone else this that's the that's whenever we vote for someone you have to take that into account yeah you have to realize that that is just part of human nature it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that they that they are necessarily evil by nature it means that that is the corrupting power of power as corrupting influence of power yeah is that if you once you have a certain level of power you're going to seek more of it and once you get more of it you're going to start looking for ways of proving your power because that's the way we are as 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 a as people as, right as humanity and this is what happens you lose sight of what it means to be human and you become something different it's what happened yeah. with hitler in his pursuit of the nazis hitler only went after the Nazis because he needed a scapegoat so he could get into power. And he stopped thinking of them as people. You mean the Jews? And what happens with... Exactly, the Jews. Um, and when... In Epstein's case, he's no longer thinking of these children as children. He's thinking them as a means of showing and exercising his power. Yeah. And the thing that we remember that has to be remembered about this is it's salacious because sex is involved but it's i don't think at the core of it it is about sex it's about power because rape is a power crime rape is not they've they found that if they chemically castrate people that are rapists that are child molesters they are still going to molest children really because it's about power it's about exerting their control and it's about it's about the emotional payoff the dopamine that gets released yeah. in the brain. We should find we should find yeah, a link so we can confirm that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'll have to look that up. And that's but and it's just go yeah, ahead. We need we need to confirm that, you know, so so we can so we can back that up in in one way, shape, or form. But here here is a guy who claimed he was a billionaire and he has or had one of the largest penthouses of all of in all of New York City. And he had charter flights to various parts of the world. And apparently Bill Clinton had been on his on his charter flight at least 26 times. And that there are many, many, many accusations of this guy funneling underage prostitutes to high profile individuals. It's not just Bill Clinton. And it's not just Donald Trump. It is a large number of people who are in positions of power, not just here in the United States, but in other parts of the world. And the thing is, is that once I have a secret on you, once I know about your, your weird secret sexual appetite, then 
then I can corrupt you. Like, I know, Jay, that you have a secret fetish for purple cell phones. And and, and what you do with your purple cell phone is sick and devious and twisted. But it's okay, because I can hook you up with all the purple cell phones that you want. And I'm going to secretly record you while you do whatever thing you do with your purple cell phones in the in this lavish room that I have in my party house. And by the way, Jay, now that you're a congressman in the Caribbean, or you put it on a you put it on a, a boat, so yeah, you can do this in international waters where the regular laws don't apply. And now that you're a congressperson. Mm-hmm. I need you to vote a certain way on this specific bill that's coming up, so It'd we be can an do. Awful shame if those pictures got out, Senator. I, you know what, Jay? Jay, we really need to do fracking in this state forest in Vermont. I need you to vote the right way. Oh, and hey, by the way, I'm having another party this weekend, Jay, where we're going to have lots of purple cell phones. Yeah. I need you to do the right thing. That is that in that. That is the sick part about this. Whereas, it, what and somebody had written, and I wish I could find the link to this. What is going to come out about Jeffrey Epstein is going to shatter everything that you think you know about politics for at least the past 30 years, 25 years maximum. Whereas this guy has the dirt on all of these powerful people. We're, and we're talking, we're talking about bankers. We're talking about politicians, captains of industry, real estate moguls. Appar- apparently, um, the husband and wife team who um, were both running major television networks like MTV and Nickelodeon, they're involved in this as well. The husband and wife. Well, Ted Turner is well known to have... Uh had some really extreme views on on sex. Yeah. He was a he was a first class pervert. And that's and that's a problem. That's huge. And we got this guy could possibly take now, down here's the thing that that kills Go ahead. me about this. How does how does he know? What is what this is something that fascinates me like for example um people who are emotionally manipulative can always spot someone who is susceptible to emotional manipulation how the fuck do they know they right like case in point i was watching on netflix they had this thing like um confronting evil and they're talking about like serial killers and serial rapists and right shit like that yes i have i watched some really weird shit the nsa has me on watch list <laughs> i understand this so you too but this, <laughs> but this one episode really really bothered me is about three men who were they became devil worshipers or they were devil worshipers i'm not quite sure on the genesis of everything behind it and the show didn't elaborate they would find women cut holes in their breasts and then have intercourse with the hole in a woman's breast holy crap right first of all that's sick and twisted for one dude how did he find the other two people who are into the same fucking thing? How do you find these people? How, yeah. How do, how does that even happen? What are the odds that, first of all, that there's 
two people like that in an area, let alone three. Is there a Facebook group where these people hook up? I mean, I know, should right? Mark Zuckerberg it's, like tell the FBI? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's sick and twisted, but how do they find it? So how did, how did Epstein start? How did I, Epstein as, as an individual person got into, you know, kitty porn or sex with kids, whatever. His like look at, look at somebody like Sandusky. How did Sandusky right. find? Yeah, but and but that's my point. Sandusky had a small circle. There was like two or three other people other than him. Fucking Epstein has people from all over the goddamn world in positions of power. How did he get these people and only talk to the ones, by the way, who were more aligned to his way of thinking. And, you know, because all it takes is trying, you know, mentioning it to one person and being like, hey, if you like him nice and young, I got this nine-year-old, you know, come to my yacht. I got a couple of nine-year-olds you meet. And because anytime he mentions that, there's a risk of that other person going, you sick fuck. I am taking this. I am. I'm turning you over to the FBI. I'm turning over to the FBI, whatever. How does, you know, or whatever country they're in, the the appropriate responsible people are. How did he go? Because we're talking, if you found out about this in the 80s, this is 30 fucking years that this asshole has gotten away with this. These are hundreds and possibly thousands of lives of children that he has completely devastated. How the hell did he know who to talk to? How the hell did he acquire the names that he's now willing to turn over as state's evidence so that he doesn't do more than five, 10 years in prison. Well, we're going to, we're going to link to, we're going to link to the story here on the, the show page. Um, I, this is, this is going to be the news of the week. Come on, calendar, open up. It's for the uh, Saturday <laughs> oh, and, the 13th and, for Saturday. And by the way, I did find, did find an article on the effects of uh, castration on sexual offenders. Well, send send, um, send it along to me. Um, yeah, so the um, basically, I, I was wrong. It was chemical castration does affect the libido, which is what is the driving force, part of the driving force for rapists. Um, I haven't finished reading the article though, but this is linked to that article. All right. So, so, so it'll be on our show notes for news of the week for July thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. But this is here's the this is from the Daily Beast, which is it, it doesn't it belong to Newsweek? Newsweek, uh, Newsweek is a quasi reliable source. Inside Jeffrey Epstein's creepy parties with Prince Andrew, Randy Andy's thirst for beautiful young women was an open secret in British society and brought him and Epstein together. The financier's money only made the brew more heady. And this is this is published. Oh, this published this morning. Um, <laughs> breaking at, news, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking only news. And this and this news of the week. This story. This story that is just breaking through answers your questions. Um, the rest of the the rest of the story. You actually have to be a paid subscriber. Um, oh, of course. Oh, oh it's only th- but it's only thirty five dollars a year. So, yeah. But here on the Fedora Chronicles, I just rant about poorly designed fucking websites. Exactly. For a second, because some of the links you sent me, I couldn't even read the articles because they have you know every other sentence is a fucking advertisement. I know. I know. 
And, but we don't do that on the Fedora Chronicles. For that very reason, we do not do that on the Fedora Chronicles. I will have an ad on the side or ad on the bottom, links to products right and services. When I'm trying to fucking read. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that we make our money through Patreon, Zazzle. We still have a little cafe press. Did I say Patreon? And Patreon from from yeah. listeners like you. We're, we're like NPR, except we're not, not federally funded, and we don't we we don't condescend to our listeners. But the thing <laughs> is, is that here's this this is one of the things that ought to keep you up at night, especially if you're a parent, or if you're just a concerned American worried about concerned corruption. Human fucking being. If you're just a, if you're a fucking normal human being, this should keep you up at night. There are political officials who are held at ransom because of, with blackmail. There are politicians who cannot make a decision without checking in with their Jeffrey Epstein, who has the dirt on them. I'm sure that one of the reasons why Jean Shaheen does what she does as a senator from New Hampshire is because somebody has her by the dog collar making sure that she makes the, quote, right decision, unquote. She's correct on all the issues, except for these certain specific budgetary items or these decisions. I'm sure somebody has her by the dog collar. And I'm sure one of the reasons why she goes after bloggers from her home state is because she doesn't want people exposing her shit. Right. And I'm sure now, it's, and I'm sure to, it's, to be fair, to be fair to these politicians, because I don't want people to get the erroneous thought that, um, I just hate politicians. Everyone's got dirt. Oh, sure. Everyone has dirty little secrets to quote Billy Joel. Did you ever let your lover see the stranger in yourself? Right. We all have that element of ourselves that we do not want to share with other people because we think it's wrong or whatever, right? The difference between us and, say, a politician is the exposure that they get to the wide range of people allows them to find others with like-minded tendencies. Yeah. Now, I don't, as I mentioned earlier, I, I don't get how that conversation takes place where you find out that, you know, someone's into you know ball gags and clown porn like just like you are oh wow i'm into that too that's my kink yeah i mean how does how does that conversation i don't have conversations like that with people you know it's not like while i'm working you know and i'm talking to the guys i work with i'm like so the other night i was watching porn and i came across this guy who was you know uh, you know, sticking his finger up his up his dog's nose, and I thought that was just sexy as hell. You know, I mean, what do you how think? How do those conversations take place? I mean, I mean, the thing I'll, is, you and you and link later. You and you and I, you and I, you and I, like other guys. This is what friends do. We joke about like crazy things. Like yeah. we will joke about you and and tranny hookers. I know for right. a fact that you don't you don't. You don't hire tranny hookers. It's right. funny to my my brother, who I haven't spoken to in two years, likes to make jokes about midget porn. For some reason, he thinks midget porn is funny. It's a funny. Yeah. It's a funny thing. I like to make jokes about cowbells. Right. I like to make. I like to make because 
it's it's like one of those things. It's like somehow working all your base are belong to us into a conversation just because it's a, it's a funny random thing. Yep. I know. I mean, I I could make a joke about how you like to collect um, memorabilia from the Broadway show Annie or cats. Let's say cats because that sounds a little less creepy. <laughs> Okay, you have an obsession with the Broadway show Cats. You you dabbled in Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat for a while, but now you're back to Cats. Can't get away from the Cats. Can't get away from that, you know. Um, Memory all alone. Yeah, and that's that. But that's 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 what friends do. Though. That's what we friends do. Shit about that thing. I don't. You stuff. you and and. One time we got into a conversation with how how is it that some guys are obsessed with skinny chicks with tiny boobs? I don't under, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I, uh, how, I don't. Um, know. I, I personally have, I've yet to see a, a pair of boobs that I don't like, but that's just me. Well, I don't want to make myself sound like a stud on the convention sci-fi convention circuit, but I'm a bit of a stud on the sci-fi convention <laughs> circuit. I've seen some boobs, and I'm sorry, I just put that shit away. Um, I'm joking, obviously. Yeah. But the th- but the thing is, is that I mean, we joke. Ab- I mean, we make fun of each other, and at yeah. some point, at some point, fine example. I used to work with this fucking creepy guy who used to have cutouts of what do you call uh, what do you call Andy's? Huh? Standees, the the like nearly life-size cardboard stand-up things he, displays. You, no, no, he um in his cubicle, he had pictures of this young girl that he saw in like um you know those flyers that you that um for sales yeah um and he tried to tell everybody that that was his niece i don't fucking know it's your niece i just see this guy with this these crazy uh, um uh, clippings from a newspaper flyer yeah uh, uh, the pictures of this that's your niece how come you don't have pictures of her that aren't from advertising Oh, I, I'm, oh, I'm proud of my niece. Fuck you. That's like fucking weird, creepy shit. You saw pictures of this young girl in, in a newspaper flyer that you're hanging up in your cubicle. That's fucking weird, man. Well, and, and there's a part of me that says even if that really was his niece... Why would you have pictures from her advertising and not pictures of her from like, you know, her high school graduation or whatever? Like if I have, if I have pictures, if I have, if I have, I mean, obviously if I have pictures of my wife in my office, they're in a frame. They're pictures that I took of her in a camera. They're not newspaper clippings or, or weird shit like that. And it, and it was and um, I mean my my dad had this weird fascination with one of my mom's closest friends in 1974, and I'm like, Dad, it's 2005. Shut the fuck up about her. 
I don't want to fucking hear about Jane anymore. Shut the fuck up. There are yeah. things about, there's a, there's a thing about our wiring, whereas somehow, like, we, we want to share too much information. And, it, and it's like, that's how creepy people connect. You get creepy people who will not shut up about their, like, their weird fetishes and stuff like that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I have a weird fetish about that, too. Yeah. I have a, that's funny. I have a fetish with clowns, too. Hey, maybe we should talk talk about this over drinks after work. That's how creepy people hook up with each other and talk about weird stuff. And it was just like, I don't know. There's a certain level of arrogance that goes along with that, too. Because, like, I don't, as you know, I'm into the paranormal stuff, but I don't, I don't talk to my colleagues about, you know, experiences that I've had with the paranormal. Right. I don't, that's not something that comes up in general conversation. Something has to happen to prompt it, right? And in something like the paranormal, it could be like, oh, I was watching, you know, Ghost Hunters the other night or whatever. Right. Okay, that's going to prompt discussion about the paranormal. What sort of shit are you talking about or what sort of things are you you watching or listening to or whatever that's going to prompt you to say, that 14-year-old's pretty fucking hot. That's Yeah, that's fucking creepy as hell. That's Yeah, that, that, that eight-year-old, you see her? Uh, you know, I mean, that's just, that I don't, I don't get it. There's, ha- there has to be some sort of like arrogance or... Because you've got to assume, if you're talking about that, that the other person isn't going to go ballistic about it, which means for you, it's some sort of normality. I wonder. Some sort of, well, this isn't unusual. This isn't creepy or crazy or anything like that. Yeah, but it is. That's exactly it. It's it's sort of like, and there's websites out there. Like when we were, when I- Right, now we get to the- we circle back to the inappropriate use of the technology. Right. Like going back earlier in this conversation, because of Facebook and social media, I was able to find a guy in Italy who does an awesome job on hats. And he makes them. There's a guy there. I'm, Jack Crud is teaching people on how to make awesome hats. Exactly the kind of hats that I wish that we could have bought. 20 or 30 years ago, there is now a new generation of hatters who make them exactly the way they should have been made ages ago. And we're able to find each other on the internet. So there must be a Facebook for for creepy deviants like Jeffrey Epstein. When I was doing research on uh, the death of steampunk and what's going, what's, what's killing steampunk, um, I did an article, The Fourth Horseman of the Steampunk Apocalypse. Google it, talking about this guy who is an accused rapist. He's an accused rapist. He's not a rapist. He hasn't been convicted. But people have accused him of sexual assault and emotional Mm -hmm. abuse. And he hangs out at this website. And I'm not even going to give the website the traffic. I found out about this guy and this website that he frequents where you can't, it's like, it's the Facebook for creepoids. And see now, this is where people will, will hear terms like the dark web. Right. And they'll think that there's, you have to have certain 
password, blah, 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 to get there. No. No, you don't. You can walk over into the dark web by accident. It's like sure. being in a city you've never been to before, and you cross into the bad area of town. And at first, you don't notice. And then all of a sudden, you do. And you're like, how the hell did I get here? And fuck do I get out? Exactly. And so the thing is, is that because of this creepy, sexual, deviant, steampunk hobbit became headline news and even wrote an article that somehow because he's an accused sexual abuser, now he is more attractive towards women who are into BDSM. Whereas somehow being an accused rapist has made him more desirable in the fetish community. That's sick. That that right it there, is. that is, it is. That is we're assuming that that's true, though. I mean, because he's saying it, I'm taking it with a grain of salt because the, the guy's a bit of a narcissist anyway. Sure. You have to be. Sure. You know? He's, so he, he's admitting fault without losing face. Right. He's bragging. I've been accused of this. But he's I'm getting more pussy now than I ever got before. Right. He's he's an accused. Being an accused rapist makes you more attractive to women who like rough sex. That's that is some sick shit. And, it really and, is. And and these people need to be stopped. But is it is it my job to stop these people? Am am I am I the sovereign savior of steampunk and I have to protect all of retropunk from this from this a-hole? And at some point, I got to take off the red cape and say screw it. Who gives a shit? Well, we can't we can't force people to behave the way we want them to. And really, nor should we want to force people to. Just because that's okay by me doesn't mean it's okay for everyone else. Just because, you know, now there's limits, right? Right. When you're live your life the way you want to live your life, as long sure. as the way you live your life doesn't impose on other people, right? So the crime that Jeffrey Epstein is really guilty of is not being attracted to young women. It's doing something about Absolutely. it. It's pursuing young women, grooming them, actually engaging in intercourse with them without, without their consent, right? Especially without their consent. Or, or, what's, what or what's worse is promising them all of this crap to get consent. To get yeah. consent. I'm going to make you a supermodel. I'm going to make you the next Beyonce. Right. If you have sex with a former president for me. And by the way, I'll, I if and, and I'm also vid- videotaping. I'm right. going to I'm going to I'm going to give your family enough money so your sister can get that tr- kidney transplant. But I I I I need you put on this little red riding hood. And get it on with the former president of the United States who's dressed like the wolf in that other right. room. You know, and I have this I have this room fixed up to make it look like grandma's house. Right. And and it's okay, baby. It's okay. It's all you, We're just you, gonna have a little agreeing, pun. He's agreeing. Don't you good. don't no you like to party? Hurt. Let's party. Right. Oh, then I thought you were an adult. You know what I mean? There's there's all these stupid manipulations and that's coercion to 
coercion to obtain consent is kind of a slippery slope, right? Because if consent is what you're after, then how you get that consent really doesn't matter. Right. But the problem comes in is it does matter. Because if you're getting that consent through manipulation, then are you really getting consent or are you just manipulating? Right. And if you're manipulating them, is that really any better than raping them? Some people would argue yes. Some people would argue no. I say, I say, it's 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 all horrible. It's all degrees I, of horribleness. And that's that's where my stand is too. Is that if you have to manipulate someone to get their consent on something, that's coercion, and that means it's not. It's reducing the purity of it, right? For lack of a better term, you're not. They're not truly consenting if you have to convince them of it. Um. And that's where, you know, that's kind of my philosophy on life, though, is I don't care what you do. I don't care if, you know, if, if, if you want to if you wanna jack off to clown porn, fucking go for it, dude. I don't care. I just don't want to hear about it, you know? Don't, don't um, make it my issue. Right. Don't, don't make it something I have to it. deal with. I do not want to have right. to deal to with an extent, this. To an extent, though, if you want to talk about how you like watching clown porn i'll let you know that's not my bag and i really rather about <laughs> it and then you can keep it to, your, to right. yourself and you know go and enjoy yourself with a uh, you know some baby oil on a friday night or whatever fine right that's what you want to do all of our crimes are when we impose something on someone else right, right? theft is when you take someone else's stuff right murder is when you take someone else's life rape is when you're forcing yourself on someone else and yet we're also seeing elements of society that are trying to impose, like, I want you to call me a girl. I want you to do this. You, I'm offended by something you're doing, so you have to stop doing that. Where, why, why, why is that even a thing? Here's another thing. You live, you live your life. I'm not hurting you. Right. Live your life. You know, and then you have these people, these, these extremists that take the step too far, right? They take that added, that extra step that doesn't need to be taken. Right. And they, they say, if you're calling someone by the wrong gender pronoun, that's the same thing as rape. Well, clearly you don't know what rape is. Oh, clearly. Right. There's a vast, huge galaxy of difference between, Oh, I'm sorry. I called you a he instead of a she. I apologize. And, I'm going to stick my penis into your body whether you want it or not. There's a world of difference between the two. A world of difference. Here's another wrinkle. And that yeah. these people and people are trying to draw these allegations these these allegories, these connections in extreme ways to make a point. And what happens is you're you're reducing that thing that you're comparing it to. Like Politics nowadays, everyone that you don't agree with is a Nazi, you know, and I had someone the other day was talking about Trump and they were like, Trump is a Nazi. I'm like, Trump has gathered together six million Jews and killed them. Exactly. Well, no, no, that's not what I mean. Oh, oh, well, the look what he's doing at the border. It's just the same thing. He's gathered six million Mexicans and is murdering them. He's separating their families husbands from wives and children from parents and he's putting them into these concentration camps he's shaving their heads and conducting medical experiments on them well no somebody's gonna say but not yet 
Right. He's leading up to that. Oh, oh, okay. So that's how Hitler started, right? He just put up a fence at the border and said, well, we can't prosecute these people because they're too young. So we're only going to prosecute these people. That's how Hitler started, right? Well, no, it no, isn't. No, not at all. Oh, that's right. There was the, the night of the long knives where he fucking killed everyone that was a liability to him. Right. And before that, he got people to report on their own family members. You know what I mean? Uh, what, just, what, Trump, what Trump is doing is a, is a different kind of bad. It does right, not to call him a Nazi is to lessen what the Nazis did. Right. Trump, what, I what, disagree what, with that. What Trump was Trump is doing is a different kind of horrible, and there right. should there should and be I'm another word for it. And I'm at, and I'm not at, I'm not defending what Trump is doing by any stretch of right. the imagination. We should be looking like the this the, this the uh, this poor dad and 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 his daughter who drowned crossing the Rio Grande because they were fleeing Nicaragua, Nicaragua. Right. Trump didn't fucking drown those people. We should be looking at what the fuck is going on in Nicaragua. Right. And I know that people are going to fucking right. be making fun of me because I can't say that that name of that country correctly. What the fuck? What is so bad in that country where people are willing to flee and risk death coming into this country instead of saying, right. you're a bad How person. How horrible is that? How horrible is what's going on down there? And First of all, what is going on down there? Second of all, what can we do about it? Third of all, what should we do about it? We should be sending because pictures. We could. Well, here's the thing, right? We could invade Nicaragua and fix everything down there and basically turn it into another like Puerto Rico or, you know, state that's not a state, right? But isn't yeah. that imperialism? That's exactly. That's, that's that, how is that any different than Germany taking over Austria? That's a big, it huge really problem, isn't. isn't it? What do we do about that? Exactly. What do we do? What do we do, so what, what do, we do that's what we can't do and what we should do? What can we do that's humane? What's uh, he, I, I got to be careful how I say this because the thing is, yeah. is that I do not want illegal immigration. What can we do that's humane right. and right and legal while at the same time isn't taking away from? Our homeless people, we have a homeless situation here in the United States. We yep. have a homeless problem that's so bad in some of our major cities that typhoid is coming back. You know, depth, is diphtheria disease that you can catch by drinking other people's shit? What, whatever that is. I, I, think it's, I think it's one of them. It's definitely one of them. But, th- that's, but that's just it, though. I mean, where do we draw the line? There's what we can do. There's what we should do. And then within that, should, not including can, but in, in that area of should, what would be morally acceptable? And that line of what is morally acceptable is different for everyone. Someone who's an extreme in one way will say that invading is perfectly fine because look at what the hell they're doing. They're, they're killing people. They're causing people. People are willing to risk death to get away from that because that's obviously a fate worse than death. We, we would be completely justified in stepping in. And other people would say, that's their country. They should be able to fix it. We should find the people who are willing to do the work to fix it and aid them, which is right. Yeah. Which is right. Now, theoretically, that's what the UN is for, is for the world to look at what's going on in a given area and then do what they can to correct it. But the UN is completely toothless because politics, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> to draw from Star Wars, and now the bureaucrats are in charge. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's that's the way the world is. How does that's that... the way we see things. That's yeah. the way we, we look at things. And you see microcosms of that within our own discussions that we have with people locally. We see that in the way we look at our politics and our politicians on the national level, the state level. You know, why is person one going too far and person two not going that far? Why is like, for example, I saw an article the other day saying that all of the, you know, this, this company was making cots for people, for the immigrants at the border so that they would have a place to sleep and they stopped doing it because of pressure put on them. Why are you supporting this? Well, they're not supporting it. Right. They're trying to make a bad situation better. Why are you stopping them and tr- or why are you trying to stop them from trying to do the best they can to help out a bad situation? You know, it comes right down to that whole coercion thing. You're trying to stop someone who's trying to make a, a bad situation at least bearable. Right. So you're now contributing to having people sleeping on the fucking concrete floor. Aren't you morally superior? It's That's the scary thing, though, isn't it? It is. And where do we draw that line? Everyone has to have that line that they draw for themselves on what they think is acceptable and what, they, what isn't. The hard part for a politician is negotiating where that line should be that is going to piss off the least amount of people. Politicians have a, have a, it's really a screwed up job. It really is. And to some extent, my heart goes out to them. To my other, to another extreme though, they're seeking after that power for a reason. That's not a power I want. Yeah. It's not a responsibility I want either, but it's got to get done. I wouldn't, I would seriously, I would not want to be in that position by any stretch of the imagination. I would not want to be the guy who is a politician and somebody knocks on the door and says, hey, I need you to vote this way because I heard what you said on this podcast. Right. And it was just... Right. But the thing is, is that the theme of the show, maybe this is the show title, we are really nothing more than really fucked up, upright monkeys who tend to fuck everything up every 12,000 years. Right. I mean, and... If you look at the way our society is right now and the way we're fucking things up, who's to say that this didn't happen a million years ago? You know, and you get these people that are like, well, if they had, you know, skyscrapers, where are those skyscrapers now? Well, I don't know. Have you ever left a have you ever left a car in the in a field for yeah. more than 10 years? There's a great series uh, on Shit the history away, man. Yeah, there's a great there's yeah. a great series on um a history channel. I don't know if it's still a series or not. Uh, Life without people, or the world without people, and it shows you yeah. how long it would take for nature to just reclaim everything. Yeah, I like the one that MTV did. You know, Shannara, the Upstones are Shannara. Yeah, <laughs> there you it's go. The same thing. This got weird. This got. You know what? Here's the thing. This this might be one of our best shows that we've ever done because we're willing to explore why people are creepy and weird. Yeah, and I, how they could not be. Yeah. So. But I've got to get going. I yeah. got to go to work. All okay. right. Apparently, I got to get paid. So. Uh, all right. <laughs> and keep your clown porn to yourself, okay? Okay. You you are going to help me with that tranny hooker thing, though, right? I already got the shovels ready to go. It's a shovel-ready project. <laughs> you guys stop joking about that. 
Because somebody in right. the somebody and in the I will be, give you a call when I'm out in New England, man. All right, we'll have to get together. All right, figure it out. And we got to be careful because we don't want the LGBT community to think that we're actually abducting tranny hookers and burying them in my backyard. I don't need to get swatted. This again. is a joke. <laughs> this is a joke. This is only a joke. Talk to you later, man. Bye, pal. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for The Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles news. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.